0: you're listening to just one of the guys a show that approves of superheroes beating the stuffing out of creeps like the one in this issue
1: there's a-
0: everyone and welcome to another episode of just one of the guys a green lantern podcast hosted as always by the two true freaks internet radio network hi everyone my name is sean engel and my job on the show as always is to give you coverage of the green lantern comics from cover date june 1990. yes from cover date june 1990 until cover date november 2004 with a special emphasis on the characters of guy carter and kyle Rayner. Two characters who, oddly enough, are not to be seen in either of the books today. Well, I say either of the books, actually I'm only covering one book this time out. It's Green Lantern number 109. And it's an issue story. And if you remember my thoughts on some of the issue stories, they're not that pleasant. However, this one I may change my mind on. We're dealing with Jindy Lynn Hayden, dealing with uh, some ghosts of Crispus Past. Something obviously went wrong on Christmas time for Ginny, and uh, we're here to see how she deals with it. And the person who is coming along, if you remember from last episode, uh, is a fan of these stories and a fan of the character of Ginny and Hayden herself. It's my co-host from the Just One of Them There Guys podcast and host of the Double Action Blog,
2: Double Action Review. Double action Mr. It's whatever, Mr. J. Ferguson. I'm I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you can say it until it comes out like I feel bad, <laughs> but yes. we'll see we'll, I don't know. it'll be up eventually. I have yeah. Yeah. sir so. yes, yes. But, yeah, Oh and, and and yes, I'm here and i'm I am still wearing the same jade shirt from last week. I am uh. a disgusting human being. hopefully hopefully <laughs> he at least showered once between that period of time and yes.
0: maybe washed the shirt. but. If not, it would be a typical comic <laughs> book reader.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: Stereotypes.
2: Yes, no, I know. My glasses and my, my, my beard. It's very. <laughs> um, thankfully, I do not have disgusting long hair, though. Like, well, Not like, you know. Thank so, that's good. That. But yes, we're going to yeah, be Disgusting like, short hair. That's <laughs> We're
0: going to be covering, like I said, Green Lantern number 109, and we'll be getting that. Right after this podcast promo break. So stay tuned for the promos and then Green Lantern 109. Don't
1: waste your whole life trying.
0: Okay,
3: let's get this show on the road, gang.
1: These freaks are dedicated, hard-working people.
0: I'm Batman. Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. This
3: looks like a job for Superman.
1: Let's hear it for Captain America! It's a fine man! It's the Rocketeer. smash! Gentlemen, you're up. <laughs> Comics Monthly Mondays, available the third Monday of every month at Two True Freaks. Hey Jeff, hey Mike. Man, it sure is great to be back to from crisis to crisis after all this time. It's been a busy year for both of us for very different reasons. But now we're ready to cover the post-death and return Superman stories.
3: Yeah, and we're about to start the books that came out in 1994, which means that we have so much to look forward to like Bizarro's World, The Battle for and Fall of Metropolis. Superman Doomsday Hunter Prey.
1: Worlds Collide.
3: Well, you're looking forward to that one. Oh, bite me. Zero hour. Zero month. And right there at the end, we have Dead Again.
1: And don't forget, the Elseworlds annuals as well.
3: Well, most of them anyway. Yeah, yeah,
1: some of those really did suck, don't they? But
3: from Crisis to Crisis is back new episodes will drop on Thursday, just like before.
1: You can find the show at the Superman homepage, www.supermanhomepage.com as well as at the Superman Podcast Network, which is at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com
3: And we also have a Facebook page that you can like by going to www.facebook.com slash podcast.com. Is it .com on there? No. No, no, it's not. No, no no.com, forget that. (laughs) So From Crisis to Crisis is back,
1: folks, and better than ever.
3: Well, I'm better than ever. You need some work.
1: No, shut up.
3: No, you shut up.
1: No, you shut up.
3: No, you shut up.
1: No, you shut up.
3: No, you shut up.
1: No, you shut up. From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast covering the post-crisis adventures of Superman one half month at a time, every Thursday, at www.supermanhomepage.com and www.fortressofbailytude.com This is the Old Father Odin, and you should be listening to Radio Free Asgard. No, no, that's just not going to work. Let's try this again. This is the evil Loki, and if you hate Thor as much as I do, you should be... All right, let's just try one more thing. Jane Foster here, and you be uh, risen! All right, let's just keep this simple. Hello, everybody. My name is Tom Harris, and I do a podcast called Radio Free Asgard, which airs every Thursday over at
3: RadioFreeAsgard.com.
1: We cover the adventures of Thor, Hercules, and more from ancient times all the way up into the present day. We read old comics and make fun of them. I do ridiculous voices and generally make an ass of myself. So if that sounds fun to you, you should come join us, the Only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin over at RadioFreeAsgard.com, and we'll see you there.
0: And we have returned to take a look at Green Lantern number 109. It had a cover date of February 1999 and a release date of December 8, 1998. Again, Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics at DC Indexes is where this information can be found. The cover price was $1.99 in the U.S. and $3.25 in the Canada. The title was Ghost of Christmas Pass, and the writer this time out, again, was Ron Mars. Penciler was Paul Pelletier, inker was Terry Austin, colorist was Rob Schwager, letterer Chris Eliopoulos, and editor was Kevin Dooley. In a mood that should come as a shock to absolutely no one, Todd Rice, aka Obsidian, is incredibly angry specifically at his sister, Jenny Lynn Hayden, the former hero Jade, and the current Green Lantern. Dropping the bags of Christmas gifts he was carrying for her, Todd asks how she could possibly be making the beast with two backs with a loser like Kyle Rayner, and Jenny tells her brother that she cares about him a lot, and he could at least try and be happy for her. Todd relents and asks if the two are truly serious, and Jenny says that it seems that way, but recently Kyle went off into space to try and start up a new Green Lantern Corps when she's had to take on the mantle of Green Lantern on Earth. Picking up the last of her Christmas gifts, Jenny asks Todd if he's noticed anything different with her father, Alan Scott, the Golden Age Green Lantern. Todd says that he's noticed that after their encounter with the Starheart, Alan seems a bit worn down, and he thinks that they should probably keep an eye on him. Todd steers the conversation back to Jenny's role as Green Lantern, when Jenny hears a familiar, yet disturbing voice coming from the department store Santa. The two rush to the display, and looking at the jolly old elf, Jenny confirms that the voice she heard came from the person who she thought it was. Ringing up her uniform, Jenny whisk away the child sitting on Kringle's lap and tackles the pseudo-Santa, blasting him out of the mall. Wondering what just happened, Todd tries to placate the children, who just witnessed Santa getting punched through the wall. Cut to an abandoned observation deck atop a New York City skyscraper. Jenny has the tubby Turkish saint tied to a chair and is slapping him into consciousness. The phony Saint Nick asks why she's doing this, and Jenny angrily confronts him with claims of what he did to her in the past. Flashback to the orphanage where Jenny grew up, where Jenny recounts her meeting with the school's janitor, Stan, who was known for doing horrible things to the girls at the orphanage. Every Christmas, he played the part of Santa at the school, and the headmistress made each of the girls sit on his lap much to the girl's chagrin. One year, Jenny was chosen to be the first girl to sit on Santa's lap, and rather than get creepily felt up, Jenny decided to scratch the perv across the face. This got the party canceled, but actually saved the girls from Uncle Skeeby's clutches. However, later that night, the janitor, drunk off his ass, stumbled into Jenny's room, and tried to force himself upon her. Jenny tried to fight back, But she was only a young girl, and the lumbering lout was determined to have his way with her. But unexpectedly, a green light emanated from her hand and blasted the drunk across the room. Frightened by the experience, the janitor quickly skulked away, and Jenny fell peacefully back into sleep, knowing that this would now be the best Christmas ever. With flashback over, Jenny shows the creep the star symbol on her hand, the symbol where the strange energy blast subdued the sleazy Santa. The creepy-kringle claims that he never did anything to Jenny, and without any evidence, there's no way to prove what he did all those years ago. So, taking justice into her own hands, Jenny rings up a knife and prepares to plunge it into the pudgy pervert's chest. But as the creep begins to fear for his life, Jenny cuts his bonds, letting him go. But not letting him off the hook. Jenny says that she'll always be watching him, and they better not even think about ever looking at a child much less coming into contact with one. And with that, Jenny leaves the faux father Christmas to think about what he plans on doing with the rest of his life. Back at Alan Scott's house, Todd is starting to worry about where Jenny might be. Alan says that she can take care of herself, but even he is starting to get concerned, and he decides that they should both suit up and check on her whereabouts. But a noise from the family room stops the two heroes from heading off. Entering the darkened room, Todd and Alan come across the passed-out body of Jenny. Uncertain of what went on, Alan covers his resting daughter with a blanket, saying no matter what happened to her, he's sure that she's earned the rest. This is issue 109. Um, I like this much better than the last issue. I think the artwork is a bit better, in my opinion. Austin inks are still problematic at points. But I think this, for me, was a better issue than some of the other... What you would call
2: very special issues
0: yeah. of green lantern yeah yeah very special like the the one they had uh with kyle dealing with his friend who was a drunk driver and then the one that they had a while back the dead man one where mm-hmm. they were de- dealing with the lesbian killer those felt a bit forced and this doesn't for some reason it doesn't feel as forced it's still a pretty creepy issue uh, about uh you know obviously about sexual molestation even though that it's never really specifically said that's what's going on, it's left up to the to the reader. And I think Mars and uh, Pelletier do a great job of conveying what's going on to these kids through the story and the art without out and out showing some of the obviously horrific things that were supposed to be going
2: on. So kudos mm-hmm. to them. And and uh, and even not even just about the. I mean, it has, it's more than just one thing too big. It's also about, I mean, it's not just about the um, about molestation or whatever, but also just like about how orphans are treated, like you know, and, and foster kids or whatever are treated kind of like garbage and whatever, and that nobody really cares about them mm-hmm. in some way, and which is so. I mean, none of those things are like happy, nice things to talk about, but um, it, it's it's. It, it's refreshing to hear them said and and especially as you see how far they've come from like like i know people think oh green lantern green arrow that's the greatest thing ever and i'm like "Mm, maybe not (laughs) i mean like i mean i mean it it was certainly groundbreaking at the time but like i mean when you read over those stories again in a modern context it they just do not for, for me anyway hold up and I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty liberal, and I pretty much agree with most of the things that they talk about in Greenland to Green Arrow. But I think, you know, guys, maybe tone it down a little bit. Well, and that's like, yeah. But that's it's,
0: one of the things that I've I've you know commented on on these books, especially. Um, I want to harken back to the hate crime storyline that was the crossover between Green Arrow and Green Lantern of the modern days with uh, Connor Hawk and Kyle Rayner. They dealt with issues that you would expect to happen in the O'Neill Adams run of Green Arrow, Green Lantern, uh, issues of racism and stuff. But I think when O'Neill and Adams were writing them, it was very groundbreaking. So they kind of had to do that sort of very in your face, very, Mm -hmm. uh, heavy-handed approach and the stories here are able to take a much lighter approach and not approach it because and and not deal with it in such a uh, direct manner they're kind of able to use a lighter hand on it i guess is the best way i could put it
2: Mm -hmm. and and, i mean i guess in some ways this uh, uh i don't know if that really has anything to do with the difference between the two but i think a nice thing about this story is it lets like you were saying before, it lets you fill in the gaps like you, which is, I mean, in some ways makes it more frightening and upsetting, but um, yeah, well, there's some some panels in here where you
0: see, you don't see the aftermath of what's gone on, but you see the emotions of the girls that have had things happen to them and you can take from your own mm -hmm. mind and decide, you know, what has happened. And sometimes when you put it in your own mind, what has gone on, it it can be even worse than if they depicted it on the page. So uh, uh, credit to the writer and the artist here. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of the artists, I love this cover. This is a very a, a very moody cover, and, and the fact that it's you know Jade cowering there with the sort of shadowy figure looming over her and the Christmas tree in there, it just it sets the tone for the book of being just an unnerving story and i mm-hmm. I, I love the kind i like the coloring on it as well but yeah the, the yeah that's really
2: that's great. what i was gonna say if you weren't gonna because i mean i think that's it's one of the things that's really nice about to, to see the the coloring that like there's so much like 90s coloring that like where they've you know found out new stuff to do that they couldn't do before and then so they just do the worst awful garbage thing they can think of to do with that or what seems cool or whatever, but no, this is just like, I mean, you would never see this in this kind of color palette in like, or, or, or the, the kind of coloring that's in, in this, uh, on, you know, early, earlier books, um, like in, like in, I don't know, like in even up into the eighties, they, they just didn't have the technology to, to pull it off. And, but it just, Oh, it looks so nice. I mean, well, like, and the, the, the sort of purple of the, the dark
0: purple, blends in really well and you can kind of see the sort of purplish light shaded off the black of uh, Jade's uniform it's really good and the different
2: shading on the presents underneath there and the Christmas tree like that's uh, I, I don't know there's something I mean like you you can you can pick out every element in it but it also it just seems so like dull and drab compared to like what you expect to see on a Christmas tree that's all shiny and bright and that's a nice, a nice thematic bit because this is basically about, you know, and in, in, at least in some ways about why, uh, you know, Santa Claus and Christmas and all these things are, you know, are, are, are problematic for her because, you know, and like the, she can't enjoy them unfiltered by that. Exp- I mean, like, you know, even if oh. once she moved past that, like it's still something that's there. And like, it's something that, you know, influences what you think about about the yeah. that 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 concept, and I think mm-hmm. that's. I don't know. Um, moving anyway. to the book, <laughs>
0: um, page one, you know, I, I I like Pelletier's art, and I think he gets a good job. He does a good job of drawing both uh, Jenny and Todd here, but I've got to think if this is Christmas time in New York, would someone really be wearing a midriff bearing sweater?
2: Oh yeah, I mean and, maybe. maybe and look, and look at Todd too. It looks like he's got like a mesh shirt on under his jacket that mm-hmm. is open. Like, I've never been to New York in the winter, but I've been to places at around that latitude in the winter, and I have a pretty good idea about what t- kind of temperatures you're dealing with on Christmas Eve. And I can tell you, it's probably not going to be pretty. And I'm like, so why are they? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's it's silly. Well, it, 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 it's kind of a romance cover i mean like it, this uh thing reminds me of like the, the cover or not the cover like the splash page to like a a romance story or something it, where it kind like look what like and she's like no nah. and
0: it's i mean it's very it, it does kind of have that thing of you know the the guy carrying all the presents and you know him being outraged by something she said and yeah it, it does have that sort of romance comic type look yeah i'll give you that
2: um and this is the interesting thing though that i think is that the over the whole this whole uh scene is that it's it's such like uh, like as you know, like, uh, later on they they uh revealed that uh that todd was gay and like and this i mean it's it's interesting it's almost it's it's confusing because i mean like you know we were talking about you know, I thought not all that long ago with that dead man issue, where like where there's the, the lesbians that live in the in the apartment building, and there's they're they're just there. But it's interesting. I mean, like he is. It seems very much like the 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 gay stereotype. Like he's you know very overprotective of his his uh of his female relatives, and oh they go shopping together and whatever. Like it's like I it seems very like they're trying to hint at it really hard, but it's like, couldn't they just, if they really wanted to say it, couldn't they just say it? See, cause
0: you know, I can, I can kind of see that now that you mention it, but uh, maybe it's just that I don't have that. I just, I know that they eventually had Todd come out as gay, but I, I, I just don't quite see it here. I, I could see it, you know, if you're looking for it, you know, I guess in retrospect, it uh, you could see that, but you know, I, I think they did well with uh, with Todd's coming out. That they developed him as a character before, you know, coming coming out with him. I, I, I prefer and, that rather than them just having a character and say, "Oh, this character is going
2: to be gay," and then writing from there. Yeah, and, and the way that it happened. I mean, like in in Manhunter, where, where where that that story happened, it was basically just you know, oh, one of the one of her coworkers was was gay and and dating a superhero and then and suddenly you know just one day they're like oh look it's ups-. i mean like but it was it was this very not it was not a big deal and that was that's nice <laughs> well yeah i'm i'm glad that they do that and i've got
0: to say also relating to alan scott in in a way i've heard that uh the current earth 2 book where alan scott is in that with James robinson i shouldn't have been surprised But with James Robinson writing the book, I had a lot of problems with uh, the idea of Alan Scott being gay in that universe. But I've heard really great things Mm -hmm. of uh, them making sure that Alan Scott is a character who is gay and not a gay character. If you can kind of get what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. His, his, his homosexuality doesn't define him he's he's a superhero first who just happens to be gay and mm-hmm. i'm glad that they're writing it that way because they yeah. could do yeah. they could do awful things they could rawhide kid him up
2: yeah yeah because you
0: know, when they when they did that to the rawhide kid that was just not that i really cared about the rawhide kid yeah. but i thought that was just a, a a horrible stereotype and a horrible horrible disservice to the character by just saying oh now he's gay so we're going to make him all fruity and just it was awful so Mm -hmm. i'm glad that they and
2: and and then that the reason that they said it was like you know for mature audiences just because it had a gay main character too which that that was
0: yeah
2: But i I think i think actually part of the reason why um from i think i've read that in an interview like why um they why he chose to make um alan alan scott gay was because it was because of the fact that since you know the timeline and stuff and they're making them making them younger that you know obviously he wouldn't have any kids and so they would be i mean obviously you know Jay gets pretty screwed out of the deal but um that, that at least um you know they were taking away a great gay character so he try to add one in you know in that way at least so uh, and,
0: and and that makes sense and if they're they're treating them respectfully and not you know using them as a stereotype then i'm perfectly fine with that i'm always it, it was just kind of shocking initially that they announced it that way because i thought they could easily turn it into just a a horrible stereotype and i'm glad mm-hmm. and i should have known robinson well, and, well, and,
2: well, yeah, and especially because they were just like oh, i mean like at the beginning there was like oh there's gonna be a gay green lantern and like so there was like oh what's going on well i that... mean i think i've I certainly um I, I can see how some people like uh, say perhaps yourself might might be worried because uh i think it could i mean it seems it seems unlikely uh with uh, how much of a of a of a hound dog uh, Mr. Rainer is but you know or or uh, Mr. Gardner as well but that um they are uh in that the that, that they could have been the ones that got uh that done to them and in in a disrespectful way too mm-hmm. and i can understand how that might be
0: but yeah but but, but taking them you know from an alternate universe and the new fifty two and 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 doing that up,
2: and now, now that I know about it, I don't have as much of a problem with it, so yeah. that's good though so of course though, of course, you could also argue that that's just you know, oh, it's alternate universe, it's all whatever like like that they're kind of wimping out on it too, like they you know can't but no eh, well, you know but, but, six but, of one, half a dozen, in but the anyway, game. that's. Um, uh, but, as much as I enjoy talking about this, it's really not what she was about. And truly. maybe we should get a little bit back on track. Yes. Um, <laughs> page two, that uh, bottom panel,
0: panel four. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that Jenny is completely nonplussed by this, you know, this mall worker, mm-hmm. you know, reflecting on the fact that she's green. I love her. comeback. It said, you know, the, the worker says, um, her green, and Jenny says, "Yeah, I wanted to dye my hair for Christmas, and just got carried away." That's yeah. a brilliant comeback, and I'm certain that she she gets this all the times. Like, oh my god, you're green! So she has like a, a a staple of comebacks like this for the for those uh times. But mm-hmm. I just thought it was really clever here, and yeah. I, that she takes it so well.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I don't want to say, uh, even though her. Uh... Her her little name button says her name is Doris. I don't know. I think she's Deb Whitman sneaking in from the Marvel universe, but that's that's just me. Um, oh, and and also like Todd is really weird in this issue. Like not just thing. Like I keep like going back and forth with it. Like the, I mean, throughout the very... Soon. like like in this one, I'm just like uh <laughs> where like I mean, he's just being a dick. Like he's just.
0: Well, like, I think let's,
2: it's like, she's just like, just like geez, I know your taste in men is pretty awful, Jen, but I didn't see this one coming. It's just like, ouch. I mean, like, he's not only, oh, I mean, like, he's just not yeah. being supportive, but he's also saying, yeah, well, you really have a bad, bad taste in men also. So, like, I'm not really that surprised, but, but, ew, like, why did, why him, ew, yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I... I think
0: Todd is supposed to be the, the DC's negative dancy,
2: you know, nothing (laughs) is ever good enough for him. So, but I mean, like there's parts later where he seems like, I'm like, okay, he seems all right. But like, (laughs) sometimes I'm like, I want to punch this guy in the face. He is a jerk. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, I didn't have
0: anything on page three. My next note was on page four where they, uh, progress the storyline a bit about Alan, uh, you know, uh, they start talking about uh, how dad's doing and if he looked a little strange. So I guess we're getting a seeding of the storyline that should be coming up that uh, is going to deal with the aftermath of the story Heart of Darkness and uh, what's going on with Alan Scott here.
2: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's funny because I, I mean, I uh, I guess I haven't read them in a while, but I mean, bef- uh, I mean when I when I was reading these for the just as a refresher. And we, when we started talking about doing this, that, I mean, uh, I I had been, you know, just, just keep up with everything. And then I, I gotten all the way to the, to the end of the Mars run. And I'm like, and I, I've completely forgotten what happens. And I'm like, well, what did happen to Alan Scott? I don't remember. It has been so long. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm kind of, uh, kind of in the dark as well. So I'm going to have to, you know, start rereading those as well and getting up on, uh, what happened to alan because he, it wasn't really it, it was the it was the actual release dates of these when i picked these up and read them so yeah it's been what 15 years almost now 14 years oh wow but um i didn't have any real notes until page seven did you have any in between there
2: just just that the, the panel where where Jenny is in her bed and is like hiding and uh, Stan's coming in with a bottle in his hand and it's really creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it makes me feel uncomfortable, well and which I, like... I think it's supposed to do, but still, yes.
0: ew. Well, and it's a nice transition there from the very colorful, bright look of Jenny and the, you know, and, and the bright green there to the, it's not really tone but the the faded sort of muted colors the sort of gray scale i guess of of that image uh gives it a nice flashback and a nice creepy feel and yes him being silhouetted by the light of the door and jenny just sort of tucked up underneath the covers yeah it it does give you a feel that something creepy went on in jenny's uh jenny's youth and you know she's uh Traumatized by something,
2: mm-hmm. here. and then it's interesting though that it does. I mean, in the flashback portion, that panel is actually reused um, when for that for that moment, and it's interesting to see, you know, how and yeah. I think was I my, so my notice, like yeah, like I am so glad this did not go the way that I thought it was going to go. Oh mm-hmm. like, uh, yes, sort of because like, mm.
0: yeah, that that could have really been awful. Um, my note on page seven is this is. This is a great splash. I think this is significantly better. There is a bit of an angle on the right hand side as Jenny's curved up, but it's not as bad as as Banks, some mm-hmm. of the stuff that it was in the last issue. It's a good splash. I like the sort of um, anime type speed lines that seem to be or the sort of pseudo starburst that's around the panel and the kind of dutch angle that the panel is on the page as well it's it, it's a good composition for the splash page
2: mm-hmm. and i it, i i think it's interesting though that um uh that there's the little kid going cool because but which is probably because he doesn't know that she's going to steal Santa in a couple (laughs) minutes. (laughs) No, unfortunately. I mean, well, I'd say, I I mean, I mean, I mean, I think, I think uh, if he knew what was going on, like it might hurt his little, little child mind, but also um, I I think maybe he would understand, but like, just, it's interesting. The idea that, that, you know, she basically goes steal Santa from a department store brings him to a warehouse, beats the crap out of him, scares him half to death. And, you know, it's, you know, never goes, there's nothing like to explain to the children or whatever happened. Like nobody knows. Like it's kind of, it's really sketchy. I mean, even though like she did it for a good reason and for, for, uh, you know, that, but it's, it's still like, (laughs) what are all these people are going to think oh, look, Green Lantern came in and she s- stole Santa. What the heck?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Not only did she steal Santa, but she, like, rams right into his chest with a big cro, cro- or a not croom, a big croom, and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously punches him and he gets a whoof, you know, as she's flying towards him. And then not only that, she blasts him through a hole in the wall. And look at the the... The cement, the level of the thickness of the cement there, she blasted through
2: a big portion of that mall. It's like I, I mean, you know, even like the kids are, are thinking probably weird stuff, but like what about the parents? They're probably just they're probably just going like, why did Green Lantern just assault this kindly old man playing yes. Santa? <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, I, I've got to imagine that there, there's sure. going to be a lot of. You know the 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 collateral damage and the the amount of explaining that's going to be have to be done is is probably more than would fill an entire another book.
2: You know, like uh, is this too bad? Because like I really, I mean, as much as like I, it might be boring or it might be like weird, you see the like aftermath. I just really want to see what happens. Like it's like like, like, like there be like the news stories going on in the next couple issues. Like Green Lantern is nuts. She. <laughs>
0: beat green Lan- up
2: santa green lanterns going on? were on
0: christmas oh, so yes, i could
2: see fox yes. news having that <laughs> oh and then she has, she has to like go on go go on bill o'reilly and explain <laughs> why everything and then and then bill o'reilly feels really bad which i don't know has, has that ever happened i don't uh, think so
0: it, it could have happened maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe once. maybe i don't think
2: so um uh, but anyway that's now all um, right
0: uh, moving on to the next page, I guess page nine, It's mm-hmm. I don't see it on there, but I tried to look because I, I love listening to Dave's Daredevil podcast, and he does a great job of pinpointing places in New York City where certain buildings or certain things in the Daredevil universe might be. And I wanted to see if I could figure out where this building was, uh, but it's not specific enough to be
2: the Empire State Building, but... Because it's there's color taller... Yeah, it kinda looks like the Empire State Building, but, the, but I don't think it's supposed to be the, the either.
0: tower the tower the I guess the antenna on the tower is a bit off. It does have sort of the architecture of it, but not quite. Because you would think because when she gets him up there at this uh, observation platform, it looks like
2: you know, uh an abandoned Oh, is that what that is? Uh, I see the whole time I thought that was just like oh this is the, the skyscraper over the building in where the sketchy warehouse is that she beats the crap out of the sky. <laughs> I don't That's know. what I thought. I thought it was I thought it was I really thought it was actually like a warehouse. But now now that now that you say it and yeah, I can like oh see the if you look you know at the, the, the dark blue and the snow through the windows, I'm like, oh yeah, obviously that's what that is, mm-hmm. but it, I completely missed
0: that. Yeah, she's at the top of this at the skyscraper, you know, taking him down. I was like where would she find an abandoned skyscraper with the top floor empty? So
2: although I mean, what it, what it looks, I'm wondering that because there's like piles of boards and stuff. So I'm yeah, wondering if like, it's like know, one that's like under it. It's still under construction. Yeah, or, or
0: under renovation or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah maybe. Dead. But yeah, she uh,
2: she roughs him up. Mm-hmm. I really like this yeah. a nice a nice uh, panel progression where he's like asleep and she's like wake up and then he's like huh and she. Oh it's like it's I mean it's I mean yeah it's kind of it 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 is it's, it, kind of, it's kind of rough but at the same time I'm like I don't really feel too bad about that I'm like um I I I may think violence is wrong and all that but at the same time like I don't feel super bad that she's beating up a child molester yeah, I don't well, know maybe yeah. that's just the uh, hardcore, hard hardcore right winger in me, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's no, it's ridiculous. it's not like, that. I mean, once yeah. we find
0: out what's going on with this guy, yeah, yeah, you don't feel too much sympathy sympathy for him. And and I think the you know I don't really have any specific notes on the flashback sequence except for the fact that the the artwork is just a, a really good setting in, in grayscale, and I think Pelletier does a good job of drawing. Jenny to be a bit younger. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not certain in Jenny's as uh, of a character if she was always green-skinned or whether if that was something that happened when she started using the star-hard energy or uh, starting using her superheroic energy. But uh, uh, you can't I, I... really tell with this yeah. uh, sort of art style with the coloring here.
2: Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I'm sort of thinking that it that it is i mean that, it's, that she wasn't green because there's you know the green birthmark and so like i'm assuming that wouldn't show up maybe if you're on but i, I guess it could be it could be a different color of green i don't know mm-hmm. but i i don't know like i guess it would have to you know pull out the infinity ink issues or whatever yeah. that would tell us that um page 12 that middle panel
0: i think that just says it all just the mm-hmm. look on that girl's face and
2: the, and
0: the shadow cast. i like, it's oh just like... yes. Uh, and, and the look in her eye just, uh, and then the panel after that, mm-hmm. you don't have to see what's going on. You've got the girl sitting on the bed, being comforted by all her orphanage friends, and they're just trying to console her. And she's just crying. You know, something horrible has happened. And I'm glad that they don't depict it, it lets your mind wonder, but it, it just completely sells the idea that this guy is a complete
2: and utter scumbag. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. I actually like the the text there on that on that panel where they're consoling each other. Where I mean, she she's I mean it's it's Jenny talking to him, but but she's like you know that the that she wore you know I mean like and this is a thing that actually you know actually happens with with uh, abusers and and their and their victims like where I mean, like he's telling them stuff that like you know you know don't ever don't ever say what happened because you know that means you're you know you're somehow worthless or or damaged in some way and no one no one's gonna like you and no one's gonna adopt you and that kind of th- and like that's i think that's uh a hard thing for anybody to hear. uh, But I mean, especially for people that are, you know, like when you're in an orphanage and you're like, you know, just, just, just waiting for someone to
0: pick you up. And and people
2: who are innocent, people who are, yeah, who have had
0: horrible, well, maybe not horrible, but just sort of neglected lives and then have this happen to them and then have to be, forced to believe that they need to keep this under wraps it's just it's just a, a difficult thing to deal with yeah. and and it's dealt with really well in this book
2: mm-hmm. I, yeah like i think my my um, on my notes it says like the it's just like page 11 through 15 uh very sensitive treatment of the subject i'm like i didn't i, I would didn't really even feel like i wanted to i mean like yeah well when you're bringing up things i can re- react to them but it, there was at least for me like i was just going through it and trying to find something to say and it's, yeah that's kind of hard because it's like well yeah uh no they they did it pretty good and it's 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 horrible and that's the way that it should be and you understand why these things are happening and understand that they're bad and we should you know mm-hmm. and, and try it try, try the, and do something about that the but,
0: art and the dialogue sell it perfectly they get across the creepiness mm-hmm. and you know, throughout the entire uh flashback sequence like it's all told in that grayscale. until we get to the point where the assault by stan on jenny is about to happen and jenny's energy you know finally shows itself finally you know she finally gets that uh, i guess you know in the the marvel universe her her x gene expresses itself or whatever Mm -hmm. but she gets the uh energy and that's the only point in this uh, flashback sequence that we see any real color as Mm -hmm. she blasts him with this burst of green energy and it's just it's awesome it freaks him out enough and it's great because it's a nice little closer to it. He doesn't get to do anything to Jenny. Jenny gets off unscathed, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that final panel where we see her with her little, her little, uh, doll rabbit, you know, just c- cuddle up and sleeping peacefully. That's just, uh, that's just awesome. It sells the fact yeah. that her heroics were able to save her from this bastard. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know, like, yeah, obviously I think this is better than that but it kind of almost <laughs> makes me think of that the Wonder Woman panel that we were talking about in the the previous issue like where, where Wonder Woman is smiling and it's like like it is really to me like just to see her you know sleeping with the little rabbit next to her, and it's just like everything's <laughs> everything's gonna be all right and like mm-hmm. it's sort of a nice uh you know after all the upsetting and depressing stuff it's like oh okay you know yeah a one one not not everyone is gonna have to suffer this and you know we can you know obviously she was just lucky she had superpowers that saved her from it but like it's still um i mean just the idea that you know you can fight back and you can stop these things even i mean not even as just the person who's trying to be victimized in some way that, but that there, I mean, like maybe I'm reading too much into it, but no, I I, think,
0: I think there's that, that idea going on that, that you don't need to be a victim. It's horrible that these things happen, but there are ways to overcome it. And, you know, it's, it is an empowerment ideal that I think they're trying to get through here, through the book. The next page, page sixteen, where we come out of the flashback. I think it's. I think it's delicious irony. First of all, because I think Pelletier draws wonderful.
2: No, see that's, women. that's yeah, that's what I. I, th- I think it's. I think wonderful. We were talking about this um, before. I don't know if it was uh, whether it was in the episode or not, but before, in, in last episode, I was thinking like there was some some awkward moments here. And like this, this I think is one of them where like, I'm like, you know, this is a very serious story about how, uh, you know, treating, treating women badly is not okay. And that all that things, And then I am just objectifying the bejesus out of this. I mean, well, like, it's just, it's just, there's, oh, oh, I mean like the, the butt is amazing and the, all that. I'm just like, and i and it makes me feel like, double creepy like as i'm doing and like i'm like that's kind of unfortunate i think
0: but I, i i think the thing i think the thing about this is the fact that this scumbag is having to take his licks from someone who is this attractive i think the fact that 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 she is this sort of a sex pod that this kind of person who is in who would be Make most men enamored with her is taking out her frustration or taking out her, I guess, kind of justice or revenge on this guy who's molesting kids is not really ironic, but just sort of justified.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, or, or maybe even I guess if you want to be like all subtextual with it, you could say it's all. I mean, in some ways, about the fact about how why. Uh, one of the other reasons why why he's a scumbag is he's not you know like maybe like it isn't about sex it's about it's about power and about you know taking things mm-hmm. from from other people and 'cause and when when you look at the Jenny and the younger pictures and the Jenny now, and you're like, uh which one would you rather have sex with?" I think it's really not a question, and yes. I think that's the thing it's where it it's not a i mean yeah she might be more desirable now but now she can fight back and uh i don't think he would be too into that because you know he likes to you know take his jollies out on on defenseless children that can't can't stand up for themselves and i think that's yeah so i guess so i guess it's maybe not that but but i was just (laughs) as i was reading i'm like I feels like such a creep because her butt looks pretty when he draws it, uh, mm. you know. I mean, like it is really, you yeah, know. Yeah, that is that that is kind of, you know, you're dealing with
0: story about, you know, the molestation of children and this really touchy subject and then you get this really nice shot of Jenny and she looks uh, very very appealing. Uh, but yeah, it it is the most assaults are not about sexuality it's it's about having power oh, over yeah. someone else so yeah
2: the,
0: the fact that he's getting so I, guess, I guess i guess that i guess it
2: all does make sense even <laughs>
0: but still it, yeah, it, it's it, a
2: it's a weird thing too
0: yeah like, yeah it, a, a giant full-page splash of you know a very attractive butt shot of you know our super heroine is i wonder I've if they thought
2: about that. that though that's what i wonder like did this? I mean, did this even occur to Pelletier or or Mars as this was going on? I, that that's what I'm curious about. I've because I think assume. it would be really cool if it did, but I'm kind of wondering if maybe it didn't. It's just that Paul Pelletier likes to draw pretty women. See, if if
0: you were talking like uh, Jim Ballant or Ed Benes, I might feel that way, but I I, I think I I put more credit on Mars.
2: That's, I think I that's... think. That's true. Yeah, and I I've seen I mean like, you know, and I think I've seen other stuff by by him too. Like I think I mean the thing that comes uh most prominently to mind I think is is uh, uh off the top of my head is is, is like when he did his uh, Fantastic Four run and and things like. Anyway, and it's not I mean like they're attractive people, but it's not like, you know, it's I mean it's I mean it's just he's a good artist and he they are nice-looking people, and he drew them that way. Like I don't, and they, but this is, you know, like I mean, well, you also it, it feels in, more intentional. Yeah, you also have to take in consideration that Jenny, technically,
0: her her role as a person outside the superhero, uh, foray is uh, a model, so she does have that. But or she was anyway. Yeah, she was at least so. Um, but, <laughs> uh, page
2: eighteen.
0: Where yes. Jenny rings up a uh,
2: really elaborate dagger. That is such a it's, good. I mean, it's such a good page. I it, mean, like I. I mean, it's one of the things like where I mean, th- there's good pages, there's bad pages, there's. But and then I think this is one of those ones where I'm just like, this is. I wish I drew that page because like I, it's so. Oh, mm-hmm. It's amazing, I mean, just the way that the the story develops across it and then just the, I mean, and honestly, I mean, like the first time I read this, I was like, I, I I don't know. Is she really going to do it? I, I can't tell, like it would not surprise me at all. And it's, that's, I mean, I think that's definitely the, the horror vibe kind of of it in the in the thing, and it's and it's just so well done, and it flows, and it's like Ugh. it really does sell the horror vibe here because the knife
0: is just, you know, got that not only the the really sharp edge but the sort of serrated end on the other mm-hmm. side, and it's you can see Stan the, the 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 Jenner just sweating throughout all this. It's great,
2: mm-hmm. but of and course, that, and that last panel, like where where her. I don't know how that actually works since uh, it's all supposed to be made out of light or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, like her, her, see her face reflected in the blade. And it's, oh, man, I mean, like, this it, is just, just so good. We'll just, we'll just go with it. It doesn't matter. It's a good yeah, image. Yeah. It's, oh, I mean, like, this is, I mean, it, I feel like we're just doing the the opposite of what we did on the on the mm-hmm. with the previous issue where we were just like, oh look at that crappy thing, look at that crappy thing, like oh oh, oh that really didn't hold up very well, did it? But and then and then now we're just going like, ah, oh, the art is so mm-hmm. good. Well, <laughs> and
0: I hate to say that because you know. When people think of the Green Lantern issues from this time, they usually think of Daryl Banks, but Paul Pelletier has really made his mark in this in these books, and I think I think what he's doing currently uh, has been really serviced by his work here because it it looks amazing. But mm-hmm. of course, she decides you know to let him go, and she cuts the bonds, which I guess she could just technically you know will them away. With ring constructs, but I
2: thought that's interesting though because she, yeah, she actually does cut the bonds, but then she just goes like, eh, whatever, and then she throws away the knife, the knife goes, the knife starts dissolving, and the chair starts dissolving, and and he falls on his his
0: butt. Yes, that's awesome. Um, my next note is on page 20, those bottom two panels. I love that. After she's told him, look. I'm going to be watching you. You'll never know when I'm there. But if I ever catch you doing this again, don't think I'll go easy on you. And those final two panels where he comes to the realization of what he's done and she's just disappeared and he falls to it. He's on his knees and he puts his hands to his to his face and starts obviously bawling. Mm -hmm. And the image of Jenny and her Green Lantern
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: guys just flying out the window. It's it's superb.
2: And I think the thing, I don't really know why it works so well, but like, I, mean, I feel like this is kind of maybe a cliche kind of thing. i like, I've, this is a thing I've seen before, like the, you know, I'm always going to be watching you. I'm always, I'm like, I feel like I've heard and seen that in a lot of places, but I, it's still incredibly effective in this. And I'm just like, yeah, no, like I feel the, that, um, that the terror that he's going through, like that, you know he's finally uh you know has to deal with someone who you know can make him accountable and who can you know mm-hmm. threat threaten him in some way and like because you know he's just a giant wimp because you know he yeah it is, tries is, is is pick is picking on uh people who can't defend themselves and you know when it you know it all it all comes back on him and i think it's fair i mean it's oh yeah it's i mean even if it's something that you know you've seen before or that has it just it, it it hits you like that like it's not it's not fake or phony like it's like yeah and it's i it's, sometimes it's hard to put things like that to words no but exactly. i think i think you know what i mean and i hope I, the listeners know what i mean or or can figure it out i don't yeah. know yeah that, <laughs> sometimes i have that
0: problem Jen, jenny is jenny is going to make sure it is a cliched trope that you know i'll always be watching you i'll always have mm-hmm. eyes on you you hear that i'm um, certain from batman or the punisher or something like that but i think this is well no far, i don't
2: i mean like far that, more personal that, batman absolutely the punisher is no that there's the punish no see the punisher if the punisher was doing this yeah he'd be he would have he would have he would have stabbed you would have stabbed that guy when she just cut the ropes, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's a little bit different I okay give <laughs>
0: you that um the final end sequence uh this is where I'd probably have my only sort of negative comment of the art. I guess it's page twenty two that mm-hmm. top panel, and I think the inking again i i'm not I hate to blame Austin because again i I know he's done good work, but the inking on that panel, especially of Alan Scott's face, is just a
2: bit off. Mm-hmm. But other and than his that, hand, and his hand looks weird. Like it looks like his hand is like yeah, kind of not like, not connected to where the kind of where the cuff of his yeah, shirt it's, is, it's which where you would assume where you would assume his uh, wrist would be. i I would think it looks it does look very like it's just moved over like, I mean, I guess, it's very... but
0: I, I like the final framing sequence, which is, you know, uh, you know, Jenny asleep. She doesn't have her bunny with her, but it kind of mirrors the image of, mm-hmm. of her having that, uh, good Christmas in the orphanage with her, you know, falling asleep with her rabbit in her. So I, I like that there's a sort of, uh, cyclical nature to the artwork. And I, I think that's, you know, I've got to assume that's a rather clever work on, uh, Pelletier's part to put this
2: in at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I. I think probably it might have been written too like. I mean, to say like you know. Oh, definitely. It, to, to say in some way to mirror those things. Um, but it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, but the, you know,
0: for a for an issue issue or a, a very special issue, using mm-hmm. air quotes up to the microphone. Yeah, this sure. was much better than some of the other ones uh, prior to this. So I I can't say enough about this jay again thanks for coming on the show and uh doing this record with me i i really enjoyed talking to you again and uh like we said last time i know you're working on your site uh, you want to tell people about it in, in hopes that you know once it gets up people can come check it out
2: yeah it's a yeah, double double action review it's about yeah it's about the history of comics in all the different decades it's Got lots of stuff that I think is pretty good, and hopefully you will too. Or, like I said, I don't know if I, I don't know if I actually said this in and on-air. I think we might have Sean and I might talk this off. I mean, like in between segments, but I, but just that. I mean, I started working on this like in ah uh, uh, like October, and it's <laughs> and it's still like you know it. There's still a lot of work to be done and i think that's i mean but i you know i want i want it to be the best it can be and i want it to you know and i want to be to be regular and to be something you can can count on and uh it's it's, so there's a lot of work to get a to get a buffer going but uh and it's but i when when I'm ready, I'm I, mean, I guess I'll post on Facebook and stuff if or whatever, and I'll and I'll um I mean I'll certainly let 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 Sean know in case he wants to I will definitely to, to say something. But I I mean like uh like I I feel bad because the last time I was I was on when we did the last just one of them there guys mm-hmm. and where I thought you know we might actually be ready to be to be live on the 1st of February and that was just not realistic and i now i'm just like now that i really really understand what i want what i need to do to get there uh, wow i mean we'll see but i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be there and i hope you're going to enjoy it when it comes but it, it is still a work in progress and we'll, no problem yeah
0: but Jay, thanks again for coming on the show. It was great having you back, and it was great talking about things other than truckers with the uh, CB skulls.
2: Yeah, even though I guess we did talk, we talked a little bit about a trucker that dresses like a pig. But that's that's true, perhaps for, for like half a second. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
0: thank you, Jay, for coming on, and thank you everyone for uh, listening to another episode of Just One of the Guys. Uh, we will see you in seven days. Until then, have a good weekend, everyone. You've been listening to Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast, hosted by yours truly, Sean Ingle. All images, stories, and music are copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This podcast is done solely out of my desire to show the tendencies of the internet that comic books can be fun, humorous, compelling, thought-provoking, and exciting, while not having to fall into the weary tropes of the 1990s. I'm not in any way doing this for monetary gain, which irritates my wife to no end. All feedback for the show can be sent to the show's Gmail account at justoneoftheguyspodcast at gmail.com. All feedback, positive and negative, is warmly welcomed. All spam bots are warmly welcome, too, as long as your definition of a warm welcome is for them to die horribly in a fire. The website address for the show can be found at the brand new Two True Freaks website, located at twotruefreaks.com. There you can find the RSS feed, as well as scans of the covers and whatever else I feel like putting up. Look for me on iTunes. Just search for Just One of the Guys Podcast, or search for Two True Freaks, the numeral 2, and you can subscribe to either the show or Two True Freaks there. You can also search me on Facebook. And now you can actually find me there, as it was a requirement of my new Demonticore contract. But it still doesn't mean that I'll be joining your little mafia Awards group anytime soon. Thanks for downloading and listening, and come back next Friday for another episode of Just One of the Gods, a Green Lantern podcast. The opening music for today's show was Christy, Are You Doing Okay?, from The Offspring, off their album Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace. Anytime you would like to buy a song that is featured on this podcast, I would suggest the best place to go do that would be Amazon.com, and I would suggest the best way to get to Amazon.com is by using the link at 2 Whenever you go to the webpage 2 and click on the banner in the upper left-hand corner, you'll be transported to Amazon.com, where you can buy the CD, buy the MP3 single, or buy a myriad other things, whether it be electronics, movies, games, anything that your heart can desire. And all at wonderfully low prices. And of course, every time you buy something through the link at 2TrueFreaks.com, a little bit of money from your purchase price goes back to the 2 True freaks. It doesn't cost you anything extra at all. So, if you're wanting to go buy something, especially music from Amazon, make sure you go through the link at 2TrueFreaks.com.